Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Everybody and welcome back to week number 10 of College Football Betting Breakdown Show. I am your host, as always, Sean, PSU fans to Newsham. Joining me after, I don't know, best week of all time for himself, Alex Fear My Turtle Heart. And Alex was able to win about $70,000 in the big GPP on DraftKings for the Daily Fantasy side of things. And look, he caught up to me. He's only a half a game behind. He went 3-0 this weekend in our bets from the show. Alex, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing pretty good. Felt pretty dialed in last week. Did well in Daily Fantasy. Did well on the prop sites and 3-0 here on the show. So finally get back to 500 within a half game of you. So we'll try to keep the momentum rolling. Yeah, so quick recap for you guys. Last week, uh, I was 1-2, unfortunately. So I'm now 14-12-1 on the season. Uh, I BYU minus three against ECU. Unfortunately, ECU won. Uh, kudos to them. They played a good game. Uh, I was happy to see them win, even though they lost me that bet. Uh, Kentucky plus 13 against Tennessee. <laughs> that game was not close. Uh, that game was pathetic. Alex was definitely correct on that. Uh, Pittsburgh, UNC over 63 and a half. It was 42-24 finish. So I got a close win there. Alex was 3-0, as we said. He liked Penn State. Unfortunately, I was very disappointed about this game. I'll let you talk about it in a second. But Penn State should have won that game. They were the much better team, I thought. Uh, unlike the Michigan game where they were the way worse team, they were actually the better team this game. Uh, it was unlucky to lose. They had some untimely turnovers that cost them, so that was unfortunate. Uh, you were on the Tennessee side, and you definitely were way more correct in that situation than I was. And then UCLA minus 15.5 was another easy win for you. So what do you think of the Penn State game, Alex? Do you feel as bad for me as I do with Penn State losing that one? Yeah, because I was like, oh, Penn State? might actually win this and I wasn't even sweating like the 14 and a half and then like it just all went sideways late and like I was like oh I'm not even gonna cover now and then Penn State finally 
scored a garbage touchdown, but like they, that game was way closer than the score indicates. Yeah. I, I mean, Penn state, I thought was clearly the better team. I was very sad to see us lose that game. Um, we win that game. I mean, we'd legit have a shot at the playoff because we would be in a spot where they have a shot to win out and Michigan still has to play Ohio state. And if Michigan were to lose to Ohio state, would cause a three-way tie where Penn State would be right there. And and Penn State, I thought, looked good. Like, Penn State was the better team in that game. Um, I, I saw there was a there was a tweet out there about, like, luckiest wins, and Ohio State was, like, one of the top five luckiest wins of the weekend. So, um, unfortunate end to the Penn State season. Uh, the way that I describe end of seasons is when you cannot make the playoff anymore. When you are out of contention for the playoff, your season is over. Obviously, going 10-2 and two would be a very good season, and uh, I, I hope Penn State can pull that off. But it, you just it, you lose some sort of interest when you can't really make the playoffs, at least for me as a fan. I know Alex has a little bit more different because he's just – his season's over when Maryland's not bowl eligible. So it's a bit different of a let for the two of us in this situation. Hey, they um, – Maryland took care of that pretty easily um, this year. So. Yeah, that's not that's not something that you get to say all the time, though. No, definitely not. All right. All right, heading into week 10 here, we're going to have about 10 games for you guys uh, this week. Not the most appealing week, honestly. There's not a lot of good games out there that we're looking forward to, but uh, we're going to dig into it. First game of the weekend, we have Texas Tech uh, traveling to face TCU. As you guys see, it's around a touchdown, a little over a touchdown. Uh, it's moved around 10, actually, on drafting. So open seven and a half. Um, Texas Tech was shaky last week. TCU actually looked quite good for the most part last week. Uh, they were really pretty dominant in their game. Um, didn't actually injure a starting quarterback for a change, but they did injure the best offensive player on the other team again, pretty much, um, which was un unfortunate for both of us. But uh, what is your thoughts here on this game? I'll let you go first. Yeah, I think Texas TCU is running pretty hot. They're eight and zero, but like they're a pretty solid team. They're up to fourth in uh, SP plus offense. Their defense is just pretty average, though. However, they're back at home versus the Texas Tech team. That's not. They have a good offensive scheme, but they're not there yet. Um, and defensively, like I just don't see how they stop TCU at all. And my take is that this is a spot where TCU is hanging forty against Texas Tech, and I don't see Texas Tech keeping up. Um, so. I like TCU side of this game. Um, they have a well-balanced attack. They have plenty of weapons outside with uh, Quentin Johnston and Darius Davis, big playmakers. And then Kendra Miller's looked great. And then they have a stable of backups that are pretty serviceable as well. So I just think there's a lot of ways TCU can score here. And I just, it's a spot where I don't think Texas Tech will be able to slow them down at all. Yeah, it's actually really looking at Texas Tech. It's kind of funny because Dugan wasn't started at the start of the season. Um, you're like, there was a lot of questions around it, whereas he's been arguably the best quarterback in the nation. Like the only people you can really talk about with him are Bo Nix and Stroud. Like those are like the only people that you can realistically talk with him. Obviously a couple others as well, but uh, TCU has been lucky, but also they're good. I think you, you nailed that pretty accurately. Like they have been very lucky in the situations they've been in, but they've also been pretty good for the most part. They have just a lot of depth. They have so many ways they can beat you, whether it's Kendra Miller on the ground, whether it's Dugan on the ground, whether it's Quinton Johnston in the air. They have Darius Davis, who just is absolutely explosive. We saw Tate Barber have a bomb this week. So there's just a lot of players uh, on this team that can make things happen. For me, like you said, T Texas Tech has a good fundamental setup ready. They're just not there yet. 
Uh, all of their losses have been relatively close, and they arguably could have won those games. But I just don't think everything is put together yet for them. So I also like TCU in this game. Um, I do think Texas Tech could score. But like you said, I just I don't see how Texas Tech can keep up with TCU in this game. Uh, so I also like TCU there as well. All right, next game, Baylor traveling to Oklahoma to face the Sooners. We saw Richard Reese again have a big game this weekend. The issue for me for Baylor is they are incredibly one-dimensional. It is like Richard Reese, and then that's it. And, like, yeah, Shapin has, like, Monterey Baldwin that they can throw a deep ball to, but it's just so, so dull of an offense to me. Um, it's not dull. I, I actually think it's a pretty effective offense. I just – I'm not sure that they are that good. Um, and Oklahoma, if they are on, are a better team. I just don't know what Oklahoma we're going to get here. So, for me, this game is a stay away. What do you think? I think that Oklahoma is a, a bit underrated at this point in the season. Like they had a tough stretch where Gabriel got hurt and they looked bad for a couple games. So I think they're kind of undervalued in the market. Um, advanced metric systems like SP plus, which is more forward looking than like results oriented has them 12th in the country. Still they have a, as a top 10 offense, the issue with Oklahoma is their defense is not very good. Specifically, they're not very good against the run. So while I want to take Oklahoma here, I'm worried that they're just poor at the thing that Baylor wants to do most on offense. So like Oklahoma's allowing 4.6 yards per carry, 114th nationally in rush yards per game, and they're allowing 3.3 yard line yards per attempt, which kind of indicates they have some defensive line issues um, and Baylor's just going to run. So it's one of those situations where I think if they can slow down the Baylor rush attack at all, they should be able to cover here. But I'm not I'm not very confident here. So it's more just a lean to Oklahoma, minus 3.5, but ultimately probably a stay away from me. Agreed. All right, next game, we have the big game of the weekend, and this is the heavy hitter, uh, and that is Tennessee against Georgia. Uh, as you guys see here, the line has moved from about 12.5 point open to about a 8.5, 9-point game here. I like Georgia. I think Tennessee's defense cannot keep up with Georgia. I think Georgia's defense is obviously the best Tennessee has seen. To me, this is like a sexy bet where people are very enticed by Tennessee because Tennessee's been explosive. They're fun to watch. We both know Georgia is not fun to watch. Georgia is not a game you watch. Like it's in terms of when I sit there and look at the schedule on Saturday, Georgia generally will not crack the top 40 games that I want to put on my TV on, on Saturday. I just don't care about them. I don't care about their games at all. They're boring. They're not fun. This one I will probably watch. Obviously, it's a bit more interesting. Typically, Georgia, I watch the Alabama game. That's it all year. And then I watch them in the playoff. And if they are good enough to win, they win. And it's boring. Um, I think they're going to have a pretty easy time with Tennessee via the air. And I don't see Tennessee really having the ability to stop them too much. And Georgia's defense is the best thing Tennessee is going to see all year. So I think it's just a difficult spot for Tennessee to really showcase that they are a top one team in the nation. I don't think they're that good. I think Tennessee is very good, and I love watching Tennessee. They're fun to watch. But for me, that's what this game feels like, and I like Georgia here. What do you think? Yeah, that all makes sense. I don't think those openers were were available for pretty long, like 12.5 and 59.5. Like I would have taken Tennessee and the over in those and you see like there was a move pretty fast uh dramatic to the over and towards the tennessee side but i mean 
Uh, at eight and a half, it's tough. Um, I want to like the the Tennessee side just because I think they can score against anybody, but uh, it, it it's tough. And like like you said, everyone's going to be piling in on on Tennessee. I do have t- trouble taking Georgia uh, covering nine here against Tennessee. Um, I, I I just think the Tennessee defense is not that bad, especially against the run. They've actually been pretty good, and that's what Georgia likes to do. However, I think like Georgia has enough weapons that it really doesn't matter. They should be able to put together a better offensive game plan than someone like Kentucky did, or even Alabama without, uh, without their full weaponry. So like, uh, I, I want to bet Tennessee here, but I think it's probably like the square public play. Um, I, I'm just kind of staying away ultimately, but I'll be rooting for Tennessee here. Cause I don't want to see Georgia in the national championship again. Yeah, so here's the thing. Tennessee is like the, their defense is good against the run, like you said. They they get beat on the pass. Kentucky just yeah. Well, despite apparently Will Levis being a top ten quarterback in their top ten draft pick, I mean he's going to be like a top three draft pick, which is just mind blows my mind. I don't understand it at all. Blows my mind. Nothing against Will Levis. I I mean I but man, I don't see it. Um, but you know who's going to have a big game here? Brock Bowers. Yeah, he's going to absolutely eat. Brock Bowers just feels like this is going to be a smash game for him, and he's just going to obliterate. Well, yeah, I mean, because like he get he's going to get volume, and like literally any time he gets volume, he just goes nuclear. Yeah, like yeah. most times he doesn't get volume, he goes nuclear. So it's just a spot where I just think it's super favorable for him. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, next game, we move to West Virginia and Iowa State. This game smells. Like, this game literally stinks. Um, I watched both of these teams on the weekend, and it was just rough. If Donaldson's out, I, it just is hard for West Virginia to do much. He's definitely their best offensive player. And if he's out, the running back options they have are just not very good. Uh, Iowa State side, like, I don't know. I watched that game against Oklahoma. It was just awful. 
it's just they just have nothing they're just really dull really boring so i'm just gonna stay away from this because i just am not interested in watching this game at all and neither side really stands out do you see anything differently here no i don't really even know i included this game on the list but because it's just uh kind of pathetic but i kind of lean the under here like I, this is a spot where I don't see how West Virginia scores three touchdowns. And like, I don't ever see Iowa state like comfortably scoring more than three touchdowns. So at that point, I think it's just a game where like Iowa state gets up a bit and just grinds out the game completely. And I don't trust JT Daniels to, to do much. Um, and without their you know, best offensive player, like, I think, think a lot of their drives stall out. So definitely lean towards the under here. And just to circle back to the last game, the more I think about it, I, I, I still think I'm going to play Tennessee side in eight and a half. Just I think their offense is too good. And, I, and it's just kind of a rule of thumb at this point with them. I'll, I'll take more than a touchdown versus any team with them, but we can keep the show moving. That's, that's fair. Can't, can't hate on that. All right. Next game, we have Arizona and Utah. This one's an interesting one. I, I know that Utah or Arizona is like the worst defense of all power five teams in the country. Like they are terrible defensively, but I I really, Here's the thing, right? I actually really like what they're doing. They are three and five, which is obviously terrible, but they look like an actual team. They can move the ball on offense, which to me, like, hey, if you're going to be terrible, make it fun. Be fun and terrible instead of just dull and terrible. And Arizona's offense has been really good. Uh, Utah, last week we saw whatever that was that Utah did where we got rumors that Micah Bernard wasn't going to play. Tavion Thomas got left at home. Nothing on Cameron Rising, then he didn't play a snap and was out. Uh, Dalton Dalton Kincaid got hurt during the game. He left in a sling. I don't see how Utah struggles here because I just don't see how they struggle. But I can't bet it knowing that Kincaid is probably going to be out. Cameron Rising, I have no idea if he's going to play. Tavian Thomas or Micah Bernard, no clue what their situations are going to be like. So I'm looking at I'm like, all right, well, the top four offensive weapons for this team are likely out. Like, what am I supposed to do? Um, so, like, I would probably lean Utah, but I'm not, like, fist-pumping that. What's your thoughts here? Yeah, same. And seeing that this game crossed 17 at most books, it's a stay away. I had a mild interest at 16 and a half, but I think that 17 number might actually come into play here. It seems about right. Um, no matter who's on the field for Utah, I feel pretty comfortable with them scoring points. It's just a matter of, of how – tough to use all defenses and it's usually a pretty tough road spot for someone a team like arizona to have a good game at utah so definitely not taking the wildcats but i agree on your your points with them they've showed some promise offensively and I, i'd lean utah but it's just too many points yeah it's like arizona's arizona their program is moving in the correct way which is is more than you can say about some other teams that end up in those type of situations all right, next game, we have Alabama traveling to LSU. Uh, Alabama is minus 13. I like Alabama. I think they're way better than a two-touchdown favorite against LSU. However, it's a bit trickier because Jaden Daniels has looked way better over the last few games than he did previously uh, in the season. So I probably will not bet it, uh, but I probably would lean Alabama until you get over the two-touchdown mark, which we are not at yet. So what's your thoughts here? I like LSU here. Um, 13 and a half seems like a, a gift here. Like obviously Bama can robe down anyone. I feel pretty good about kind of pegging Bama, especially coming off calling them beating Mississippi state badly, which they did. 
I just think this is a much tougher game, and Jaden Daniels is much tougher to deal with as compared to someone like Will Rogers who's just going to kind of sit in the pocket. Um, Daniels is going to run a lot here, I think, um, and it's going to cause some issues. I think LSU can actually score a bit here, and I LSU has gotten better uh, over the cro- course of the season, both offensively and defensively. I think that's one thing you get with the Brian Kelly team is you get a fairly high floor typically, and um, we're seeing them improve, and they might actually reach their ceiling by the end of the year. They're, they're looking pretty tough. Um, so I like the points here, um, which might be a bit crazy. but No, I mean, I can see it. They've definitely looked way better as the year has gone on. So I can definitely understand that. All right, next game, we go to Texas and Kansas State. Uh, we see this one. Kansas State is a very slight favorite. Uh, Kansas State was dominant last weekend they were fantastic on saturday uh they just absolutely put oklahoma state away like immediately and they just never stopped and it was just a absolute slaughter without adrian martinez which i mean that's not surprising amar is not the most best option i would say as a quarterback so like going to will howard isn't like the end of the world howard started quite a few games for kansas state at this point so he's at least a serviceable backup so i'll let you go first here what's your thoughts yeah, so you threw me off a bit when you said Kansas State was favored. Um, oh, sorry, Texas slight favorite. It's, it's disrespect. My bad, my bad. Disrespect the Longhorns. Um, my bad. My bad. This is a tough spot. Um, I really don't know which Texas offense shows up and which can like which Kansas State team shows up because usually they're not like the team that goes out and just plows got teams by like thirty or forty. Um, Interesting matchup. I, I just don't have a good feel on either of these teams really at this point of the season. So it's it's a stay away. But I want to see if viewers bounces back a bit because um, Texas ha- was looking pretty good up until uh, last week. So uh, stay away from me. Yeah, I mean, viewers can't look worse. Let's be honest. Like, can't look worse. Uh, I actually like the under here. I think that under 56 and a half is where I would put – uh, my bet on in this game, uh, I think it's going to be a defensive game per se. Like, I think both defenses are good enough to sort of slow down the opposition. Uh, and if they can keep big plays off the field from Worthy, Bijan, Deuce Vaughn, it's going to be a bit more difficult to put points on the, go- uh, the board. So like, I think both of these defenses are at least strong enough that they can sort of limit big plays. And I think they can limit scoring a bit. So I like the under here more so than either side in this game. All right, next game, we got Clemson traveling to Notre Dame to face the Fighting Irish. Uh, I probably would lean Clemson. Uh, as you see, it opened at like five and a half. It's down to like three and a half. This game just sort of stinks to me. I mean, I know you're going to like Notre Dame here is my guess. Oh, no, you don't like Notre Dame. Never mind. I don't know. Like, I probably would like lean Clemson, but this game just has like giant stinker written all over it. So what's your thoughts here? So I'm obviously not a fan of either team, especially Clemson, but I think they're pretty clearly a tier above Notre Dame at this point, which the numbers don't seem to really believe that. And this game, because Clemson's going to be able to shut down Notre Dame's running game, I think. Um, and Notre Dame wants to run. Like, they don't trust Drew Pine. Like, last week where they comfortably won, they ran the ball 56 times, passed it 19. Like, they're not going to be able to do that this week. Pine is going to have to throw the ball. That You beat Clemson through the air. I just don't think he's able to do that. I do think Mayer has a big uh, bounce back game here because I think they're going to be playing from behind a bit and going to have to have to throw. But I like Clemson. Um, nothing from Notre Dame suggests that they're overly scary defensively. Like they're pretty solid, but I think Clemson can 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 cover here. So I, I lean the Tigers, which 
if I like the Tigers, that's got to show you something. True. All right, next game, we have Wake Forest traveling to NC State, fresh off of Wake Forest having eight turnovers. Uh, it was a rough game for Sam Hartman and Wake against, surprisingly, Louisville this weekend. They were absolutely dreadful. Um, I'll let you go first in this one. What's your thoughts? My thoughts is I really don't want to watch this game. Like, every single NC State game this year has been terrible. Um, like, their offense is pathetic, and they have a good defense. Um, I think Wake Forest might bounce back a bit here. Like, I just don't have any faith in NC State scoring enough against pretty much anybody. And I think Hartman's going to come out pretty strong. And you see the number moving already, uh, point and a half to four and a half, which to me – it's a little bit, a little bit uncomfortable. So, like, this will be kind of a, a general stay away. But I think Wake Forest will kind of have a the quote unquote good week of practice after turning the ball eight over eight times and come out looking a bit sharper. Um, it's a pretty big game for them in terms of like the the season. So, yeah, I mean, for me, um, I agree. Stay away. It's a if you if you write up an equation of like how what I don't want to watch in a, in a football game, right? Is Bad offense, good defense. That literally is just like the, all right, I have no interest in watching this game because it's not going to be fun. And I'm all about fun. Like, I want to see points score. I'm all, my, my college football is all about fun and all about watching Penn State. Those are like the only things I care about. If I'm looking at a game and I'm like, man, this is going to be absolutely dreadful. And I don't, if I love a bet, I will watch it, obviously. If I like a side or a total in a game, I'm going to watch it. But man, when you just write it up and you're like, man, great defense, disgustingly bad offense, it's just like, hmm. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that. Uh, we're going to go to the flip side of that. We're going to go to USC for the last game of the slate. Uh, they get Cal. Um, somehow, is this total correct at 59 and a half? There's no way that's correct. Is that actually correct? I mean, Cal's just not going to score. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is true. Cal is going to struggle more so to score, but USC's defense is not good. And they, well, they're better than they were early in the season, and they get beat a bit on the ground more so than the air. So I expect this total to be a little bit higher. So I would lean the, the over in this game, um, but I could see it being under because we definitely could see a game here where Cal struggles. If Cal struggles, it's, there's no chance you get to 60 points because USC is just not going to do it. Um, so what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I <laughs> the total did seem a little bit low, and also like. Cal is near the bottom, like bottom to the 126 and passing yards per game allowed. Like, I just don't know how Cal gets stops. And I'll, on the flip side, I don't really know how Cal scores. Like we've been playing some Cal guys for DFS just because they've like been throw like they're pretty concentrated in terms of where their volume is, but it's not efficient at all. And it's not resulting in a lot of points. And they effectively just like bench the whole starting lineup starting offense like midway through the second half last week. So um and the and the backup looked pretty decent. So I, I don't know what they're to really expect with Cal. I, I just don't think this game is going to be pretty close. And 21, like if I had to pick a side, I think I'd even like side with USC, but I'm not gonna touch this game. Yeah, this game's kind of like a I mean I yes I do think that this over probably hits, but it definitely could not. If Cal comes out and they can't do things and Plummer, the problem is Plummer takes so many sacks. Oh, it's so bad. He Plummer gets... just eats sacks. And if you're just eating sacks, it makes it really difficult to score points because you're gonna his sacks are not like one yard, two yard sacks, too. He's like eating like 15 yard sacks. So like if you are sitting there watching 
And all of a sudden, they're just driving down the field and Plummer eats a 15-yard second. It just kills the drive. Uh, so I'm probably just going to stay away from this game, but I probably would lean over still. And I do agree probably on the USC side. Uh, I don't see how Cal stops USC. So like USC is going to put up points. It's just a matter of if Cal can as well. Um, so that's going to wrap it up for the 10 games we have this week. Going into the games this week, I like TCU minus 10 versus Texas Tech. Georgia minus nine versus Tennessee and Kansas State, Texas under 56 and a half. Alex, what do you have for this week? All right. Uh, I think the under is 54 and a half. I'm not going to let you steal two points, but I will give you an extra half point on TCU. TCU is minus 9.5 on FanDuel and I'm going with them as well. Um, so we can hit that number a little bit under 10. Um, I like Tennessee plus eight and a half against Georgia. Uh, I think I'm I, I think I'm selling myself on the ball. Falls and then I like LSU plus 13 and a half. All right. So so I have Kansas State, Texas under 54 and a half is what you're telling me. And then what what was the other stuff that I'm getting here? TCU minus 9.5. TCU the, minus 9.5. All right. And then what were your three again? Just to recap, Alex. I'm sorry. I was I was double checking your math on the Texas Kansas State under. <laughs> LSU plus 13 and a half on DK. Tennessee plus eight and a half uh, against Georgia and TCU minus nine and a half. I think FanDuel is like the only book who is at nine and a half. So I had written that down for TCU. Yep. That's good. Uh, yeah, I, I had written stuff down a bit ago. So like I probably, that's why I had the update line on the Kansas State game. Uh, looks like we're on opposite sides of the game again. You have been better in those situations this year. You've been three and one, I believe, when we have been on opposite sides of the game. So we'll see if you can continue that going this week. Uh, good luck to everyone this week. Hopefully you guys have some winners out there. We will see you back here next week. For Alex, I'm Sean. Good luck, everyone. See you.